The number one question we get from listeners is, do we have a written step-by-step roadmap to guide you on how to train your dog? We don't, but Standing Stone Supply does. They're the creators of the complete step-by-step dog training program that takes your dog from brand new puppy and gets it well on its way to that finished dog you've always dreamed of. They've mapped out the timelines to help guide you, the videos for every step of the way to show you, and even have the needed gear made into shopping lists to make it easy to supply you. Check out the course at StandingStoneSupply.com to gain unlimited access for all current as well as future lessons and be sure to use the code GDIY to save 10% at sign up. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. And as I was walking closer to him, I saw him looking into the bushes with a strange look on his face. And he, he, he just turned around and he up and chased back to me with all his speed he can. And I was like, what's going on now? Here comes the very warthog chasing him. <laughs> when the warthog saw me, he stopped. It was about 10, 15 meters from me. So, yeah. Uh, We get asked all the time what the most important thing to consider is when training and living with a hunting dog, and they're often surprised when they hear us answer with proper nutrition. It's pretty obvious when you think about it, though. It doesn't matter how well the dog is trained if it doesn't have the right fuel. The saying garbage in, garbage out rings true in dog nutrition. Yukonuba's premium performance lineup goes beyond just protein and fat with a number of different formulas designed to fuel your dog's specific activity level while supporting their recovery and optimizing their nutrient delivery. The proof is in the pudding, or lack thereof, when you make the switch to Yukonuba. You'll see immediate results in your dog's energy level and drive. They have a formula for every type of dog from your hardest working dog in the field to your laziest retired dog on the couch. Head on over to YukonubaSportingDog.com to find the right formula for your hunting partner. Make the switch today and let Yukonuba fuel your dog so you can focus on what you and your dog actually love to do, work. All right, everybody. We are joined this week with Nas to Beard, all the way from South Africa. Nas, how you doing, man? No, we're doing good. Don't complain. Yep, I know it's kind of taken us a while to to figure out when to actually sit down and talk dogs, but uh, you know, here for a while, you've been sending me some pictures and updates on Instagram, probably for about a year now, and uh, some of the stuff that you've gotten into with your dogs in the short time that you've been dealing with dogs, it's uh, it's pretty fascinating. So I definitely wanted to get you on and kind of talk about your experiences and the challenges that you guys face in a completely different country and world that we're uh accustomed to over here right yes it would be great to tell you about it yeah well go ahead introduce yourself tell everybody where you're from and what kind of dogs you own okay um i'm naas de beer from uh, middelburg south africa and i was born and raised on a farm uh been farming my whole life and uh had dogs since i was young hunted with them we didn't do uh, bird hunting, it was just uh, fooling around at the backwoods and uh, playing around like that. And uh, yeah, so lately I've been getting into the GSPs and field trialing and safta and 
Yeah, having a lot of fun with that. Yeah. It's taking a lot of time. So you, you're running short hairs. Was there any other breeding consideration for you? Or was it just kind of when you decided to get a dog, it was always going to be a short hair? No, I, I have. Uh, um, the first dog I had was a GSP. And uh, how that happened is I was young. I was very young. I think I was about six or seven years old. And one night this guy just arrived on the farm. It was a guy my dad knew. And he just dropped off this dog. He said it's too much for him to handle in his small <laughs> house in the town. And uh, so I was actually, uh, I met the dog there at the back of the truck and we took the dog um, in. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know what a pointing dog was. Uh, not even to say a versatile dog. So we, we that dog, uh, she went everywhere with us on the farm. Uh, runner running behind the uh, ATVs and joining us for all kinds of all kinds of fun and stuff. Um, and uh, the thing about it, she irritated me a lot. Was I was big into fishing, mm-hmm. so every time we cast, she would go and try to retrieve the lures. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a problem. But uh, as soon as we started hunting with her, um, or I started hunting with her, um, we didn't hunt birds. Uh, I enjoyed her a lot. We used to hunt fur a lot with her. Um, that was, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a spring hare. A spring, a spring hare? No, what, what yeah, is that? Is, is a, that, uh, describe it to like us. It's like a rabbit, looks, it looks like a kangaroo. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's a weird thing, you'll have to Google it. Okay. Uh, we have a lot of them and they are a big problem. Um, eating the uh, corn um, so we would used to go especially on uh, Christmas time when the whole family is gathered together we'll get on the trucks at night drive around with the spotlights all the dogs all the kids everybody on the truck and then you'll get these spring airs a lot of them maybe 10 20 or 50 even and then you'll chase them with the bucky until they get tired and then as soon as they uh, hit the fence or something where the bucky can't go. Everybody jumps off, dogs, all the kids, everyone. And the one that catches this one alive, he wins the prize. So <laughs> that was always a lot of fun. And we did good with that first GSP on that, uh, those hunts. And then after her, I got, uh, uh, oh, she died. Uh, yes, that was about, I think maybe 15 years back now. Uh, I got this, uh, Jack Russell, long leg, uh, wire there. And um, that dog was, yeah, she went everywhere with me. I, all, I used to think she was well-trained. She wasn't well-trained. <laughs> she didn't have any training. She was just well-socialized. Gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, but with that dog, I did a lot of blood tracking and uh, we, do, we did a lot of hunting, uh, impalas and placebook and kudu and stuff like that. and springers and uh, uh, porcupines, uh, all those kind of stuff. And then uh, last year, before last year, it was 2019, uh, I've got a feedlot and there's a rep from MSD, uh, of MSD, and he came to me and he said, Nas, yes man, you've got so many birds here on the farm and so many ducks, do you ever hunt them? I said, yeah, I, I should, uh, these, uh, 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 what do you call it, Franklins and pheasants, 
I'll, I'll drive up to them and when they go into the grass, I'll take this Jack Russell of mine and send her in to flush them and then I'll shoot them. And that worked very well. <laughs> yeah. Except that she didn't retrieve, she just ripped them apart there in the bushes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was fun for me yeah. and for her. So, and he said, no, man, I, uh, I've got great dogs to hunt birds and uh, I've got these GSPs. And I said, yeah, I had one and I think I've shot one small quail over a point <laughs> once. And uh, I said, no, I definitely like that. But this Jack Russell of mine is very old now. So, and uh, I, I said, I only want one dog at a time. So I'll wait for her to retire. And uh, she had an accident with the felt fire again uh, we've got these fire extinguishers uh, it's like a 500 liter tank which you've got on the back of the truck with a high pressure pump and we went into town to uh, I was in town and uh, my neighbor phoned me and said there's a big fire on his farm and we chased out there to go and help him and uh, she's always on the bucky of on, we call it the bucky it's a, a truck is a bucky in, in South Africa but anyway she's always on the back and uh, as I was driving and fighting this fire on the farm, I uh, went through um, what we call erdvark, uh, uh, as an ant bear. Uh, they dig these deep holes in the felt. Mm -hmm. So I went through that hole, and with that, this 500-liter tank uh, bounced onto a back leg. So wow. we had to amputate the leg. And she was going strong with three legs for a long time, but... Uh, then she started when I said to her in the morning, okay, come, let's go. Then I can see now she's not, she don't want to go anymore. So I retired there and she's, uh, uh, she's still here sleeping, hanging around in the, on the couches and everything. So, um, I told Farney, uh, the guy from MSD, I said, now nah, I think it's time. I think I can get another dog. And he said, okay, now uh, he's got, um, He's, there's a letter on its way and it's a good letter coming from good quality and everything and I didn't even know at the time to go and look for another breeder or nothing but by luck he's one of the best breeders in South Africa <laughs> and all his dogs is field trail champions and I th this dog of mine his uh, grandfather is an American champion even okay um, I can't remember the dog's name so with luck I stumbled upon a great uh, hunting lines you know so well that, yeah, that's how i started with it yeah sounds sounds kind of sim similar to a lot of people first starting out is it's kind of like hey i just wanted a hunting dog so i got a hunting dog and you either look out or you don't right <laughs> and so uh, yeah. so when you're envisioning getting the next short hair when you're when you're imagining what you're going to go chase and hunt with this dog were i mean what was your main goals with it was it to start hunting the birds like your friend told you or were you still kind of more focused in on the fur and tracking side of things all of it, all uh, of it. i wanted to to learn a bit more about the uh, bird hunting uh, because i didn't know much about it but my main focus would have been on bird hunting uh, and then blood tracking we use blood tracking a lot Okay. Because we hunt a lot, a lot of pigs and a lot of, uh, um, it's always handy to have a dog that can track. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and so it sounds like obviously you know we're talking about South South Africa, and, we, and I've had uh, Jay Crafter of K Nine Invictus on, and we've kind of talked a little bit about some of the game and challenges of training and using dogs over in your country as opposed to here. So, like you know, talk to us what what when you're training dogs. Let's put it in kind of terms of what we deal with like you said earlier you actually targeted and went after porcupines whereas over here in america we try and avoid porcupines so like what are some of the typical animals that you guys chase and some of the challenges that comes with the terrain or other animals like i know you sent me a picture a week or two ago of like hyenas on the road you know obviously we've never had to deal with hyenas uh on our way to hunting camp so just kind of just kind of paint a picture of the environment that you guys are in when you're training and hunting with these dogs. Uh, well, to me, it's not that strange, and I yeah. don't think that, uh, uh, it's not that dangerous. <laughs> it's <laughs> but, normal uh, to you, but it's as crazy to us, yeah. right? <laughs> okay, let me talk about floppies that Jack Russell I had now, and uh, we've been to the vet many times, many, many times. <laughs> okay. the, and uh, the thing that Snakes is always a big problem. We have a lot. Black Mamba, Puff, Puff Adder, uh, Puff Adder um, uh, we've got another one, Rinkals, is, I uh, um, don't know what's the English name, but anyway. Uh, so snakes is a problem. I didn't get a lot of them this summer. Uh, my dog was still very small, so this past summer. Um, winter time, they hibernate, so that's not a problem. Uh, another problem, is when we go hunting uh, for pigs, we, we hunt a lot of bush pigs and man, those guys are tough and uh, yes, they can cut up a dog quickly. So that that's uh, a dog needs to learn how to stay away uh, from them, but that uh, you can only get that from experience. And then uh, the porcupines we hunt uh, is mainly pest control. Uh, because uh, they eat uh, um, corn, big problems there, which we get from them. Um, then baboons, yeah, baboons. Baboons. That, 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 it's worse than a lion, I can tell you that. Really? Yes, okay. Yeah, the teeth uh, is much longer than lions, and uh, especially the big males, and uh, they are not so scared of a dog. That so that's a problem. So. Uh, as soon as I see them, I call a condition my dog to them immediately. We hunt them also a lot, uh, but yes, they are very, uh, very intelligent to see. When they see you coming, they are gone. Okay. But uh, for for we get a lot of these guys coming with the hounds to come and hunt pigs when the uh, corn is high now. And uh, if those dogs go on the baboon tracks. And they go into the mountains. Now some of them are going to get hurt. Mm. So you said that yeah. you used a collar with the baboons. Do you do other avoidance training with the collar, such as like the snakes and and stuff like that uh, that you're trying to avoid? Or, or you know, you said something a, a second ago about the dogs have to learn to avoid the pigs or porcupines. Do you just kind of let the dogs figure it out and it's like they either catch on or they don't like what or do you just use the e-collar and do a lot of avoidance training with that no the dogs learn quickly uh, i think <laughs> okay um, 
I think it's in their nature. So, some dogs are smarter than others. Some mm-hmm. will quickly learn and uh, other ones are just crazy and they go in head first. Like that Jack Russell I had. Yes, Amanda. <laughs> you know, they say Jack Russell, had, he's got a heart of a lion. So uh, <laughs> I, I think a lion will turn around when a Jack Russell won't. <laughs> um, so that's why I say my vet, yes, he put a lot of stitches in that dog. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, the dogs learn quickly, and um, like the, uh, with the pigs, usually it's when you um, when you shoot one, but it wasn't a nice clean kill, and when they uh, arrive there on the scene, or you were tracking the blood, and they get the pig, and the pig starts to fight, um, but they will eat them once, and then they will know. Yeah. But uh, it depends on the dog. Only avoidance training I did with my uh, GSP now was for the field trials where they are not allowed to chase fur. So um, what I would do is I would I, I started going into an uh, open field where I can where the grass is short and I can see uh, far. Uh, and we have a lot of war dogs on the farm. So I first did woe training and a woe on the whistle so what i did is when i saw him taking the track and starting to chase them i would blow the woe whistle and then i will stop him with the collar okay and then um, i did that a few times and then one or two times he forgot he forgot about it and he didn't hear me and i so i just waited for him to get close to the peaks and when he got close chasing them uh, i just hit him let uh, uh let him up a little bit yeah now nah, makes sense well that, that that's the second or third time you've ran uh reference field trials uh, i know that you have you you talked uh, you mentioned it earlier savda south african versatile hunting dog association uh we're going to get to that here in a second but is there other organizations for these dogs that you do different types of trials with or is it just savda over there for you no, we've got uh, NFDA is a National Field Trial Association, and then we um, we have a few clubs, uh, field trial clubs, and then um, yeah, I, th- I don't know what's the difference between the trials in the states and our trials. I think it's about the same. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, hunting trials. I know we've got English pointer. Uh, yeah, pointing trials. Uh, the only difference is in in our field trials, we uh, shoot the birds, and then the pointed trials, they just salute them. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so, of the field trials we have, uh, we've got the Cape, uh, we've got Central Field Trial Club, and we've got Settlers and KZN. I, I belong to KZN. Uh, each club hosts uh, trials, and then they, uh, um, one club gets the chance to host the nationals that year, and th- then yeah, that's how it goes. And then they'll award uh, NFDA awards points for each trials, and then dog of the year and all that stuff is awarded. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Well, let's get into Savda. I, I'm I'm curious about some of the stuff that you guys train or test on over there. More more specifically, the water type of work because you know when it, when we do water over here in America, you have certain areas of the country to where people won't even go let their dogs go swim or or train certain parts of the year for fear of alligators. And obviously, you guys have a lot more. More than just alligators over there you got crocodiles hippos so on and so forth and i'm just curious as does that change the type of water testing that you guys do over there in relation to what we do over here so like describe to us what you guys do in within savda as far as water work goes i think water work is mostly the same uh problems with crocodiles and hippos aren't really a problem because you find them more closer to the nature reserves. Um, so there's some river systems that has, that has crocs and that has hippos, but it's not very common for them to be out of the reserves. Okay. Uh, clo- closer to the reserve. If you go, if you look at uh, Kruger National Park, uh, all around that, uh, all around the park, there's you're gonna find lion, you're gonna find crocs, you're gonna find hippos. But that that's too far from where I am at. Okay, so as far as Savda as a whole, like what are you guys testing? Is it the same thing as what we do over here in Navda? It's it, you have your field portion, your tracking portion, and your water portion, um, or is it do y'all add or subtract something over there? No, everything is uh, is the same. Uh, I think we don't have an invitational. That's the only difference I've seen so far. Okay. Is there discussions about you guys doing an invitational or some kind of national level testing? Uh, no, not yet that I've known, known about. So Because I've been in SAFTA now for one year and with all this COVID, nothing really happened there. We had a few training days, uh, but they didn't even run any tests yet. Okay. Uh, down, down in the Cape, um, it's a bit more... Um, going on long, a bit longer there, a little bit more established there than up here where I'm at in the northern side. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get into the hunting then. You know, I know you, again, you've sent me a bunch of pictures as far as the hogs you've tracked and everything. Describe the type of habitat that you're hunting based on the type of game. Like, you know, are, are you hunting uh, or tracking hogs in the same type of cover that you would bird hunt over there? Or is it kind of a different different environment? Okay, so I hunt mostly on my own farm. So in, we've got uh, the low felt is like very warm temperatures and then you go up to the high felt. Now, now high felt is flat um, big mili- uh, corn fields and then a little, little, bit, little bit colder now. So we are in, in between our farm. So we've got on top of the mountains, we've got uh, flat high felt, cold weather, and then if you go down, you'll find uh, um, certain trees that you only find there, like the fawn trees and all that stuff, um, where it's a little bit warmer. We don't get frost there in the winter times. Um, so the cover which we aren't, or where we aren't mostly, is between, um, it differs from which uh, birds you aren't. Okay, so uh, we've got uh, Swenson's Franklin. They like the corn a lot so around the fields you'll get them all over many of them 
and that's a type of bird that's easy for the dogs to find um, and that's a lot of fun to shoot them but then you will get uh, um, the Franklins and uh, Partridge and that stuff more in the mountains between the rocks and ridges and stuff and they are a little bit difficult, uh, more difficult for the dogs to find so I like to go and search for them but uh, uh, like there's a I don't know the English name, let me quickly check for it. We call it Swampies. It's a small um, bird. Well, I can't pronounce this. C-O-Q-U-I, Franklin. Cokie, cocky, something like that. Cokie, I think it's a cokie. Yeah, 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 you're right, it's a cokie. Cokie Franklin. So, that's a small bird. It's like the size of your fist. And what's nice about them is that you get them in coveys of about 10, between 5 and sometimes up to 15. And uh, what I like about them is difficult for the dog to find. The dog has to work really hard. And when he finds them, some, some of these dogs will go and lie down on point. Okay. When you get there, the birds are right around them and they jump up in every direction as you, you need to keep your head to, to shoot <laughs> one because even they are so small and they are everywhere going each direction so it's difficult to hit them but it's fun all right it's real fun so yeah it's, yeah, it's a different different type of covey rise for you there then yeah and then uh, uh other birds which my dog struggles a lot with them is guinea fowl i don't know if you know how they look yeah we so a lot of people over here they have guineas like on the farm and stuff like they're real good farm birds Uh, for eating ticks and so that you'll go to a bunch of people's farms and they just have them running all over the place but i've heard of people actually hunting them in the wild in other countries uh but over here they're more just kind of a domesticated chicken-like bird right uh, okay. Now they are wild, yeah, and you get them in groups of fifty to a hundred. So it's uh, it's always very tempting for a dog to chase them. Yeah, and they are, they they like to run. They don't go and stand still quite often, but uh, it's a it's a trouble for it's a problem for my dog. I think because he's still young and he still needs to learn. The last field trials we went on, he went up and chased a lot of guineas into the air. But luckily, it was just behind the ridge, too, so the judges didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wasn't very pleased with him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the other day, we went on, we went hunting, and we found some guineas, and I saw him running into them, and he chased them up, and I blew the rover's whistle, and he stopped. And as I was walking closer to him, I saw him looking into the bushes with a strange look on his face, and he... He he just turned around and he flipped and chased back to me with all his speed he can. And I was like, what's going on now? Here comes the bloody warthog chasing him. <laughs> when the warthog saw me, he stopped. It was about 10, 15 meters from me. So, yeah. so, so, so your dog takes off chasing guineas and then naturally gets a, uh, a, a good correction from nature because he turns around and gets chased by a hog back to you. So well, that, yeah. you know, it, hopefully that teaches him not to go chasing guineas, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I hope so, but man, I'm fighting with him with the guineas. I'm trying to keep him away for now. Yeah. Uh, so trying to keep him on the pheasants and the um, Franklins and stuff. Uh, gotcha. Because the guineas I see is too tempting. Gotcha. So, you know, you said that you, you had your Jack Russell and you said at the time you thought it was well-trained, but really it was just well-socialized and well-exposed, right? So what was the biggest lesson for you personally when you switched over to a versatile hunting dog that you know that's their purpose is to go out there and go track a hog today or go bird hunting tomorrow what was the biggest lesson for you yes you know i have to think biggest lesson because there were so many (laughs) like what do you mean what biggest lesson the mistake i made or as far as something i needed to choose. so with you know with, with your uh terrier you know if you just went out and chased chase game with it just naturally but as as far as the versatile and you're you're asking the dog to point birds over here or an implic or um have some form of steadiness or cooperation with you was there any kind of learning curve for you to go from a dog that you just kind of let it let it do its own thing or you know, just talk to us about the experience switching over to a versatile hunting breed as opposed to a dog that you just kind of let go do its own thing. <laughs> okay, well, let me let me start like this. That uh, Jack Russell, the one thing that irritated me a lot about her was uh, we would used to hunt pigs from the bucky at night or from the truck on, with spotlights now. And then the pigs would stand still and someone would aim. And then she would be like, Okay, one, two, three, you had your chance, now it's mine. And then she'll just go for them now. Yeah. And she'll chase them away. Uh, so I had my crosshairs on that dog many a time <laughs> out of frustration. So so for me, to, to, so when I learned about keeping the dog steady, I was like, yeah, that's going to be awesome. I want the dog to be steady as far as, far as it can be steady. Yes. Uh, yeah, so... But another thing about the steadiness on the on this versatile dogs, which what I like is I have two young boys, so I would like for them to hunt over my dog in a few years' time, mm-hmm. uh, and then I would like the dog to be steady. Yeah. No, but there's uh, you know the only thing is uh, like uh, that planting seeds uh, episode of yours. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing to remember and uh, to do with the food and all that stuff. Um, yeah, that uh, that that I think that's most important. That's that's a good one. Just keep keep the uh, the big picture in mind, right? You know, don't sacrifice something just because it's in front of you today for for uh, it harming your big goal picture down the road. So, uh, real quick, you know, I know you have some funny stories. That heck, you just told us one about your dog chasing guineas and getting chased back to you uh, with a hog. What's just give us a, 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 a hunting story that kind of sums up your your environment over there. You know, what's what's one funny story or lesson that you've learned along the way that you could share with us? Okay, with my Chuck Russell, I've got good hunting stories. With my uh, GSP, I don't have a lot of hunting stories yet. I did a lot of hunting with him this year. Is August, it was one, it was one year now. Okay. Um, but one thing I remember, of, I don't think I will quickly forget. Uh, my dog went up on point, 
and I know there was there's a, that is a copy of uh, Swenson's Franklin's living there. So I went up, the birds went up, I shot the bird. The bird was at the back of the dog. He was looking in front, so I shot the one at the back. And I would suggest you don't do that with a new dog. So, <laughs> all right, the bird went down. I sent the dog, he runs in the opposite direction, going after the other birds. Yeah. Got him back, uh, lined him up for a blind retrieve, sent him in the direction, and he went, and I got so frustrated with him because he's not going where the bird landed. You know, I saw where the bird fell, and he's going off way to the left, and I don't understand what is he doing. Is he mousing, looking for rats and stuff there in the rocks? And I, and I can't understand and I hear his, his teeth crunching on the stones now. Okay. Like he's biting the, the stones. And I walk over there and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And I found this uh, Swainson. He went in between a crack in the stones, uh, in the rocks. He went in between and you can just see his head. And the dog tried to take him out of there, but he couldn't because he was completely underneath the rocks. So uh, no, that was the one with the GSP. Uh, funny story with the Jack Russell I had. Um, like we went with this uh, spring airs and stuff on those hunts when we used to get the porcupines and things. Um, this one night, that Jack, that Jack Russell, she knew how to catch a porcupine. She'd run beside it, and if, that, if it turns with the back to her, she'll turn the other way around and grab it on the head. Now, she's running next to it, and uh, my brother-in-law, that time it was just dating my sister, he runs with a cricket bat next to her to hit the <laughs> porcupine. And he swings and he hits my dog, misses the porcupine. And I didn't see it because I'm in the, in the, in the truck. And uh, he comes to me, he tells me, uh, the porcupine killed floppies. And I'm like, what the hell happened? And I pick her up and she's like dead in my hands now, so like completely dead, dead now. And I walk back, yes, I'm so sad. And when I get to the truck, she wakes up now. And <laughs> hell, she's mad. She wants that porcupine dead now. <laughs> she jumps off and she goes. Yeah, she, she was a crazy one, that dog. <laughs> See, I'm yeah. sitting here thinking, I'm like, oh man, we have a dead dog. So I'm my man, this story took a turn. And then it's like, oh, no, back up. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm, I'm curious now if she woke up and thought the, the pig or the porcupine did that to her and didn't know that your brother-in-law is the one that hit her with the bat. <laughs> Well, well, the way she went after it, by uh, after that, I think she thought it was the porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> Did she end up catching up to uh, it and getting it? <laughs> yeah, she got it. <laughs> she got it. She That's was awesome. quite quick. That's awesome. Well, Nas, man, I, I appreciate it. I'm glad that we finally made this happen. You know, it's uh, coming across all the way across the world uh, right now. It took a little l time to figure out a good time to uh, to connect on this, but I'm glad we did. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us or plug or anything like that before we get off here? No, I think... Uh I think uh, you, you just need to come and hunt with me in South Africa. <laughs> I'd love to. I'm definitely bringing the snake boots with me if I come over, though. <laughs> nah, we can go hunt with sandals. Don't worry about that. I was skin is tough. <laughs> you know, something tells me not to trust you on that one. So, 
<laughs> well, I appreciate yeah. it, and uh, well, I look forward to hearing some of the feedback from all these people, uh, hearing about the crazy stuff that you get to deal with as opposed to over here. Because uh, I know a lot of people, you know, they're they they think they have something to worry about with alligators or snakes. It's a completely different world where you're at. But at the end of the day, uh, what you kind of described is. Um, you know, dog training and dog hunting with dogs, it, it's the same. It's just, you know, it's its just a little different with uh, the environment and, and other wildlife around you is really the only thing that's different. So, no, uh, now that now I think about something that happened the other day, uh, which I don't think you guys get quite often, um, uh, my dog went on point and my Garmin Alpha said he's on point 150 meters away. So I rushed over got my gun ready and uh, I heard the, the warthogs, they hit their teeth uh, in a certain way when they are threatened. Nah? So I, when I get up to, up to about 50 meters, I can't see the dog, but I hear these warthogs hitting their teeth and I said, oh, okay, it's just them. Go there, all right, here's my dog. The warthogs are standing off in a bit. Um, so I send him on, go and look for birds. And he runs about 20 meters, he hits point again. Uh, I go closer, jumps up a uh, civil, uh, we call it the Tirboskat. It's like a like a small leopard type of cat. It's yeah. really small, like it's like a size, size, same size as a GSP about. So that was quite nice. That they are they're not uh, they won't they will scratch you a bit, but they are not aggressive. But uh, we found we find leopard tracks about every time we go out. Um, I've run into a leopard a few times, but the main thing is they they are more scared of you than you are of them. So if you stay out of their way, they won't be a problem. Okay, so see the I'd say probably the closest thing that we'd have over here to that is a mountain lion. But uh, if you come across a mountain lion, you know they're, they they their first instinct is to run and take off. You got a lot of houndsmen that chase them and and everything. But once, once you get them cornered, they'll do some damage. I assume that the leopards are probably the, the same way over there. Yeah. Leopards, they will come into town, some towns, and then they'll kill dogs and cats. Um, they like to prey on them. Then in the mountains, he will first run away before he tries anything. Some of some of them will come will come closer. We've had uh, we've had that in the past of other dogs where they the leopard will chase the dog and as soon as he sees you, he would be like, "Well, no," and then he'll go. Wow, I'm just trying to picture you know you're sitting there going bird hunting or, or something, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you come across a leopard. It's like, all right, well, uh, th- today got a little interesting, right? <laughs> Uh, well, it can get your heart racing a bit. I bet, I bet. Well, Nas, I, I, I do appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, man, it keeps sending me those pictures because every time you send me those pictures, I, I really enjoy them. I share them with a couple buddies with my me. And like I said, the, the one that you sent the other day of the hyenas and the elephant, uh, you know, it's <laughs> had a couple buddies say, screw that, I'm not going over there. <laughs> that, all of that is in the in the reserves. Yeah. You'll find it if you're next to the reserve because the wires are not that good, but the gotcha. fences are not that good. But where I'm at, I'm still too far away. I got you. So you kind of know which areas you can get away with it and which areas you can't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, again, I appreciate it. And we'll definitely have to check back in with you later. All right. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash gundog it yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high grade lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup just to have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.